Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about animal RPGs, I think he says. He says. That'd be me. Animorphic slash animal RPGs. Basically, you play animals? In some games, yes. In other games, you play animals that have mutated or morphed into uh, have human-like characteristics like hands, thumbs, opposable thumbs. Okay. They walk on two feet, upright, that stuff. All I can think of is is Gamma World, the where where they've been mutated. So yes, that's a that's an early example of that kind of situation. But I can even mention an earlier one that I actually played in back in 1976 from Fantasy Games Unlimited. There's a game called Bunnies and Burls. Okay. So in this game, you play more or less intelligent rabbits. But you play rabbits, no anamorphicness, uh, evolvedness, or anything like that. You just play run-of-the-mill rabbits who were well, slightly more intelligent because you can communicate with each other and talk to each other. And uh, you have adventures dealing with rabbit-type stuff and problems. In Bunnies and Burrows, the only true monster is man. Okay. I, I of which, of I which can... the bunnies have no concept of why they exist. But they, they're monsters. <laughs> well, I can see that. So my brother, at one point, he brings home this game. He says he bought it at here in Campbell, either at the game table or at what was the other place that was here? Oh my God, D and J Hobbies, which neither one of those exists anymore, by the way. But there were these two hobby stores here in Campbell, this little town next to where we live, and. And he brought her home, and we're like, I'm like, whoa, we play bunnies? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, so sh- we gave it a shot. You know, we made rolled-up characters, regular D&D style, just roll-up characters. But it wasn't, uh, it was based on the percentile system, so it, there was no D20 to roll. Uh, well, there was a percentile system, so there was a D10. Two D10s. Two D10s, right. So I think it's pretty interesting that, that this game was made and it was in like 1976 so it broke ground in a couple ways right if you look it up it broke the three main things it did was it lets you play something other than human which was a first for an rpg and in this case a, a rabbit which what it, it is what it is as they say these days but but i thought it was interesting the other thing is that it had skills you know rudimentary skill system and uh i forgot what the third one was what was the third one honey i mentioned earlier I I don't know, babe. Yes, right. I remember now. It was it had a, its own martial arts section rules. So the bunnies that you played were martial artists. You could be. You could have martial. You could. That was a a certain a fighter because they had different classes, and they they were they could do martial arts. Much later on, this was nineteen seventy six. I think in the early nineties, mid nineties. Uh, GURPS, of course. Uh, teamed up with the author of the game and they came out with a GURPS version of Bunnies and Burrows. And instead of calling it martial arts, uh, of course, Steve Jackson with the Pashant for had have nice handy titles. He called it Bunny Foo. And I think a lot of people thought that was very cute and it's the name stuck, Bunny Foo. Okay. I remember playing. I thought, you know, it was really interesting because it wasn't, a D&D game, right? It wasn't a game where you you played bunnies and, and you had four or five hit points at the most. 
right? A fox have about 25. A dog, depending on the type of dog, it would have 40. So combat and fighting everything is not how you did things, right? You, we, we did a lot of negotiating with animals. You know, we did a lot of bribery with animals, you know, like animals that would like to probably eat us or do something like that. We, we bargained that we would feed, give it food if it would just leave us alone. I think it was, I forget what animal it was. That It was obviously an animal that ate. Bunnies. No, no. Well, yeah, it could eat bunnies, but it was also it was probably an omnivore because we fed it cabbage and lettuce and stuff that we stole from the farmer's, uh, for, uh, what is it, garden. They make the they make the farmer very happy, but but we were you know we were negotiating and stuff like that, and we were doing a lot of stuff like we avoided traps because the the farmer put a lot of traps for us to kill us because you know we keep stealing his food. I don't know why they're so delicate about food. They have plenty of food. Those humans. Anyway, so it was pretty interesting. It was it had also an interesting mechanic where you you would advance levels in in skills depending on what you use. Like if you use the strength then your ability and strength would go up. Uh, some people said that this was a problematic, you know, some number cruncher type person because if you already, because it was all totally random, your skills. So if you already had a high skill, then the chance of you increasing your skill was also higher. So like, let's say you had a, a, a 15 strength. So you double that, you would have a 30% chance of it going up. And then if it went up, it would go up to 16 and then you would have a 32% chance of it going up when you use that skill, uh, the strengths. So, and then I was pretty lucky. My bunny was really strong, so I made him a fighter, and I just kept rolling. I was really lucky, and his strength skill and all his fighting skills would go up because everything was based on this strength. And I thought was, I was a pretty badass bunny. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> you got this weird look in your eye like, you don't know where to go from there. So, I have no idea where you're going from there. So this was, I was a little kid. I thought it was a cute game. And I think a lot of people back in, in 1976 and the early 80s, because it, it did get a second edition around 1982, I think. And it basically didn't do much changes to the to the, to the the rules. I don't think there was any major changes to rules. The only thing I know for sure is that they changed the cover. The, the cover got a different look. but uh, But I don't think there was a lot of updating to the rules and stuff like that so are there other games that well i was just going to say that at the, what was interesting about that game and i guess it's more more uh what is it uh it's really apparent or really shows up in in uh miniature games was there was this interesting combat table right where you would do a move like let's say let's say you wanted to do a bite and hold so, so that was a move that you could do, which is obviously you're gonna bite and hold on to the to where you bite, and it and the counter or if the opponent did, let's say a rake, then you would, on a chart you would it would affect what percentage chance uh, that move against uh, the other defensive move or the counterattack would would be good, and there was other things like a, a rake, a rake, yeah, a rake where uh, a kick and a rake where I guess you would kick and with your back paws and, and rake the the opponent it was, it was this chart and i hate to tell you there was a chart where you it would give you percentages it would up and down your percentage give you bonuses and, and penalties depending on what what you did and versus what the opponent did and i thought that was inter- really interesting i guess it's a holdover from the military game but I, at the time I, I had not seen that since the only other previous rpg i had, I had ever played was Dun- dungeons and dragons original dungeons and dragons 
So we had a lot of fun. I think it was really interesting. The highlight of my of my bunny's career was there was this particularly pesky rat. You know, I don't know what kind of dog it was. He just we it was a big dog according to us. It could have been a, I guess it couldn't have been a Chihuahua, but but there was this dog that was really like a really pain in the ass to us. And at what point we set up all these traps for it and stuff, and we were gonna take down that dog. And he, he almost killed me, but uh, we killed that dog. Especially me, I was game really lucky, and I was like a saying I was a really strong bunny. So it was a really fun game. I don't even know, remember why we stopped. I think uh, I just don't remember why we stopped. But I remember we played it quite a, not a lot, but we played enough that we got advanced enough levels to kill a dog. <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh, the next time I even ran across anything like this was probably uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I had uh, read. I had started reading the the comic book now this must have been the late 80s mid to late 80s when me and my friends got into comic books now it was really late in in the comic book world scene but but we got into the comic books and we were collecting and going to comic book stores and it was fun and one of the comic books that gravitated toward was uh, Eastman and Laird's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and what and I just thought it was interesting to have these these you know, anamorphic turtles that like pizza and were teenagers, you know, going around and kicking butt, but secretly, right? Because they weren't out in the open. They were, you know, they, they would come out of the sewer and they they were. You know, I think Raphael was the only one that really liked going out in public of New York with his trench coat and and hat and his fedora and. Uh, and people were always shocked to see them, like, whoa, what's that? And that was interesting. And when Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out the game, I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Now, I bought that game years after it had come out, and it's based on Palladium uh, by Kevin Sambadia. I don't, I don't remember if that's correctly his last name. Uh, he seems to have a love-hate, not he, but RPGers have a love-hate the. Uh, syndrome with that guy and his rules people hate it and some people love it uh, it's the same system that powers riffs it's the same system powers uh, uh, uh his name was kevin eastman that was the artist oh. of uh, teenage ninja turtles eastman and laird i don't know what laird's first name peter was. peter laird yeah i think at one point they had a falling out and they stopped uh, making the comics together but anyway, but uh, years later, they made the Teenage Mutant Ninja movie. I remember taking my nephews to go see it, and they were so excited. They were about 11 or 12, and we were waiting in line. And, and I remember my uh, my little uh, nephew, Fred, he's like, he's basically dancing, you know, waiting in line, excited. This was back when he used to wait in line for for movies. And uh, it, was a, it was really neat. It was a really neat movie. I thought it was really amazing how they could move with those costumes on and and I thought that was a pretty cool movie. I liked it. The Teenage it, Mutant Ninja Turtles are one of my favorites. Yes. And another a weird, another interesting thing about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie, it was one of the first movies by, uh, by New Line Cinema, which later on dumped all their money into Lord of the Rings movie. We shall not go into Lord of the Rings right now, Durant, right now. But yes, so uh, I I bought the book. I made characters, and I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was very interesting. I never played, but I made a ton of different characters because you could, you know, you started with a basic animal like a raccoon or otter or whatever, 
and then you would add them. Uh, then you would kind of mutate them. You would have a reason for the mutation and stuff like that. And it was interesting. Okay. Okay. Another reason I, I kind of brought this up to Jolene, I was like, well, why do we like these games? Now, I'm not, obviously I'm not a psychologist. And, and, I, and I think a lot of people w- will look at these games and go, although they're, they're geared for children. Right? No, I don't think so. <laughs> so, Buddy and the Burrows I probably wasn't geared toward children. The guy based it on Watership Down, which I've never seen the movie, but I heard enough that it's kind of a downer movie. So, the only one ever let me watch it. It's a novel. No, they made a movie out of it, too. I believe you, but... Yes, you're right. It, it was a novel. You, you by shouldn't re- say it was a movie yes. when it was actually a book. Correct. At the time, back then, it was probably just a novel. Uh, they did make an animated uh, version of the of the of the book. I never saw it. I never read. Actually, I never read uh, Watership Down. Have you read it? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. Anyway, so I'm thinking, you know, why do, Why was I so intrigued with this thing? And I think it's just, you know, you find animals cues and, 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 and cuddly and neat. And, and, here, and, the, and here you're playing the exact opposite. Well, some animals. Uh, and then you, you, they have these, like, special powers. Or, like, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, turtles are slow. They're they're cute, but they're slow and. But not if they're not if they're mutated. But they're, the, yeah, you mutate them, and now they're like ninjas, right? So it's really interesting. I thought it was interesting going along the lines of uh, str- strange uh, anamorphic or animal RPGs. There was uh, one called uh, Usagi Ujimbo, which is a which is weird because it, it's based on a comic book, I believe, of where this uh, a. Uh, samurai bunny goes around and, on adventures and solves problems, right? Another bunny. Another bunny. Yes, another bunny. And I never, I, I you know, I saw it at the at certain game stores where they had a lot of inventory back in the old days. A lot of uh, a lot of game stores would just have books, right? D and J Hobby was like a depository for old games, and and they just would never get rid of their games, right? They would just have this like this long huge shelf of rpgs and i would go through them you know every once in a while and you know i remember seeing usaji Jimbo uh comic not comic book but game but i never picked it up i never bought it i never looked into the rules but it's just another example of this type of anamorphic uh rpg another one i did see and really wanted to play and almost bought a few times was albedo or something like that it's also based on a cartoon or a comic strip if you want to look at it that way and uh, what's weird is you. Pl- this is a science fiction game where you play animals, uplifted animals. Now, I'm not sure uh, what the background is, but what was really intriguing to me was that the bunnies were the evil ones in this game. So there was the, I forget, the rabbit consortium or something like that. And it starts off with the rabbits basically attacking what is like a peaceful world. And they're just like shooting things up, and and they go after the civilian police force, and the, the civilian police force uh, does a valiant effort to fight back. Now this is the comic book, and but you know they're just overrun by the superior numbers and superior firepower of the bunnies, and 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 it's brutal, right? Because they, they they talk about how they show up the. The writer, I forget who the writer was, but mm-hmm. there is a uh, panel where obviously these like bear and fox uh, characters or, or people 
uh, are surrounded and they're they surrendered. And in in the in the bubble where he writes, he goes he goes even those that surrendered, many did not live. The author was called Steve Galachi. Galachi, yes, that's that's right. And I never I never did get into that one. I never, I never did buy it, which I'm surprised I never did. But it was really interesting because, like I said, it was also uh, an RPG that came from uh, a comic book and or a comic strip. And and I find that this this seems to be quite of a trend, right? Chinese Ninja Turtles uh, comic book, uh, Usagi Jimbo comic book, uh, Albedo was a comic strip, I think. And I think it's pretty interesting stuff. I'm so, not sure why you find it odd that a game will come from uh, comic books because people like the comic books so they want to play in the universe right or create the universe to play in right i think that's i think you're right i think that's not surprising it's just it seems kind of like to me it seems like in this instance anamorphic games really do go with the ip yeah so why do you think uh, well I never really thought about anamorphic games until Saul asked me the question about it and I'm like going uh, yeah. okay you're like what what are you talking about you know, what do you mean anamorphic what does that mean uh, yeah you play animals uh, that are I would think that to me that would be a kind of game that you would although reading about all these games they're for adults right but yes. to me animals like when i run a D game for little kids yes i would make the the you know the little animal heroes right because they're little animals and kids like animals right yeah i think that even uh buddies and burrows when it first came out it wasn't taken seriously people go well, is this a joke you know like adults right and they were like because i remember reading articles in uh was it dragon magazine I'm even not sure Dragon Magazine existed, but I remember reading places as they're, they're like, "Was is this, is this a some sort of a joke RPG? Is it for children?" And it definitely wasn't for children because it's, you just can tell that it wasn't geared for children. It was, it was an actual role playing game. Nothing simple, nothing dumbed down. It was a game created in 1976. D&D was made in 1974, so it's really early and. It shows, right? People who have reviewed it years later, they're saying, well, it's kind of strange because, you, okay, they didn't have modern, what is it called, uh, publishing software in 1976. This stuff was like written on like on a typewriter. And you could tell, you could see the strikes of the, like space opera is very similar. And That's how everything was done then, dude. Yeah, but it wasn't like, well, yeah, D&D. If you look at D&D, the little original three booklets, uh, it was done on a typewriter and photocopied or whatever they did back then. Or it's called z- <laughs> Xeroxed. I think it's just very interesting that these uh, games came out the way they did. And uh, it's interesting that also that, it, that I don't think an anamorphic game has really taken off like, gangbusters there's always it's always been kind of like a niche part of of rpgs i I always thought it was interesting i thought it was kind of cool to play an animal that had been either uh uplifted that's a term or mutated into to have opposable thumbs and walking on two feet okay okay so i think another game that i that i've come across on in my long period of playing but I've never actually seen was this game called Justifiers. Now, Justifiers is an RPG 
by Star Child Productions yeah. Publications. Star Child. I've never seen this game. I've never seen this game in in print, and I've only re- re- first heard about it. Oh, but this these these poor people are are anamorphic animals created by human corporations. Yes, it's like a and dark conspiracy kind of maybe. Well, it's actually kind of more sinister. Well, then, then that's definitely not a kid's game, obviously. No, right? and I think because a lot of this stuff is really, uh, what is it, adult-orientated. So in Justifiers, they are made by corporations so they can, so you don't have to send humans to explore space or s- explore worlds. So they're kind of like slaves. And then there's, then there's a slave revo- revolt, and that's the world that you play in. So it's interesting. I think that it's was It's a dark world. It's a dark future, <laughs> right? Yes, exactly. Um that's very interesting. Um I we we got it we went down a rabbit hole literally figuratively. <laughs> figuratively, literally when we were talking about this and I was like, well, I can understand it's a game, right? Bunnies and burrows. Someone brings it out and goes, "Okay, you're going to play this bunny." And I'm fine with that. I I would just think of my bunny as me, right? As, as as I do all my characters, but then I was reading all of these different different ones that that people have, like this one that you're talking about, Justifiers. It's kind of dark for animals. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think I you are totally right, and and that was, that's an early game too. Like what the mid '80s that one came out. Yeah, it was published in. I never even heard of Star- 1988. Oh wow, and um, yeah. I don't know. When you look at space opera, let's just right. look at space opera. Yes. You get to play cat people, right? Yes. And there's other races. Dog people, ursoid, ape people, lizardmen. Which makes which kind of makes sense, right? Because people like their, their animals, their cats, their dogs and stuff. And they talk to them like they're people. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, so you think of cats and dogs as having their own little lives. There's all kinds of movies about them, right? Where they, where, you know, the cat goes. And they have their own personalities yes. and all this. You are totally correct. I don't have a hard time going from there's a, a race of cat people. When you look at cats and they're like disdainfully looking at you because you didn't bother to feed them, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Soon enough or whatever. I think uh, what's weird about movies, about movies, is that they're usually geared toward little kids. Those are some of our favorite movies, though. Like cats versus dogs, yes, right? Yes, yeah. And and even the the ones where, the Secret Life of Pets. Yes, that yes, was that the, was great. That's a car a cartoon, right? That's or an animated movie, animated. yeah. And and you're right. And and in that one, they're not anamorphic. They're just animals, right. but they have they you know they have their as, own personalities, their own lives. As right? soon as, yeah, as, soon as, as the humans as gone, soon as the human goes. They're like, hey, party time, and all this other stuff. And you know, so obviously they obviously get into trouble because that's the point of the movie. So obviously, if they're making movies about it, and there's all there's books, I when when, he, when he's talked about this, I was thinking about Winnie the Pooh. Oh yeah, because you know Winnie the Pooh has his own life, and Christopher and and when Christopher Robinson, Christopher, it's not Christopher Robinson, is it? Yeah, I think so. Well, when he's with him, he is just a Pooh Bear, right? He's a. a Does he ever talk to Christopher Robinson? I think I think it is Christopher Robinson talks to him. I don't think Pooh Bear talks back. But but Pooh Bear has his own uh, uh, with Piglet and all. Yeah, he has his own, his own little Eeyore. world. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And Tigger. Oh, how could I forget Tigger? Yeah, I would. <laughs> I don't remember reading too much. I mean, is there more than one story about Pooh Bear? Yes. Does he have a multiple books? I don't know. I don't remember. 
And now, you know, it's been a long time since I was a little kid. And I don't think we bought a lot of poo books for my our son, Augustine. I think one. the, the one Maybe where, two. Maybe two. And those are the main stories, right, that, that they made into the, the animated show. Yeah. Yeah, we kind of went But if you think about that, then that we did we went down a rabbit hole thinking about these different kinds of things well christopher robinson he talks to pooh bear like he's a real person right because he tells him all of his problems right which is what everybody does when they're a kid if you're a girl maybe i don't know about boys christopher robinson always did it um but you know you talk to your stuffed animals and you imagine them talking back they don't actually talk back because then people would think you were crazy but it's a it's a thing right it's where yeah and then a lot of kids play pretend that way yeah. right and i think that's that's what role playing is so We're that makes, it makes perfect sense to me that people would want to play anamorphized anamorphized i don't know if that's a word it is now anamorphic animals right and i yeah i really yeah i i i was wrestling with this idea is are we just trying to be childlike when we like those kind of games and i don't know why i'm attracted to play or bought quite a few of these anamorphic games and there's more right and they keep making more they keep oh, making I- more more newer and newer games exactly like this so not too long ago mutant year mutant year zero came out with alpha lab or alpha gene lab or something like that which you play animals that have been mutated and on our uh, what is it uh sentient now sentient and they're anamorphized and and you're a mutant living in the post-apocalyptic world animal. And I don't I actually don't have those rules. I actually, I have mutant year zero, but not, not gene, gene alpha, whatever it's called. And they even, they even made a computer game, uh, a real-time strategy game, not a role-playing game, uh, computer game based on gene lab or alpha lab. So, and that, that game is about what four or five years old, maybe, maybe. And just recently kickstarted, last year 2019 maybe maybe late 2019 2020 he's looking at me like i should know this no no i'm trying to my i'm scrunching my brain my, my side of my face trying to think but i because i'm i'm almost kickstarted it right it's called historia uh it is a italian production or it's an italian company historia rodentia right is yes, that the one that's yeah. the one and it's a what do they call it a, not a dark one i think it is dark a dark fantasy Brush fire skirmish game. It says from the Napoleonic satire. It's a historical parody and satire of the Napoleonic Wars that uses animals in the place of history's greatest armies. Now, are we talking about the same game? I didn't know that, but that about it. But that's interesting. I know that it had. It's a dark fantasy, minimal magic. It's called Bushfire. So maybe it's a different game. It says Historia Rodentia, but then when you click on it it says bushfire i don't know but it's a uh, fantasy role-playing game based on fifth edition which is, you know, is hugely popular we've talked about that so i think that's the only reason i didn't kickstart it right i was like do i really want another game based on fifth edition rules hmm. i wasn't sure and then i wasn't sure if the playing anamorphic characters would be a sell for my players well when you play bulldogs, Sippy always likes to play that cranky <laughs> bear character. When you play when you sp- play space games or space opera games, any kind of space opera games, right. there's a lot of um, aliens that are animals, right? Well, even even Traveler, even Traveler had the Rauf 
or something like that, where which were uh, I think that was the name. Of, I don't even know what they're called. Uh, no, I don't. Maybe that's the star system they come from, which is kind of kind of silly because Raw Wolf is like a Raw, right? And uh, they were dogs, right? They were basically sentient dogs, and uh, I think they were not seen in good light either, which is kind of weird. Here's here's my question: So, if all these sentient <laughs> animals in space, what if they came to Earth and saw our poor little doggies and kitties living in? I guess they would call it slavery to us because you know. Well, I think most people would disagree with you as far as cats, right? Because what was what, what then I I just thought, said something about oh yeah there was another it was an, another space game no there's a no there's another fantasy game called Pugmire which is about uh, oh actually it's a post-apocalyptic so the man is in some forgotten thing relegated to myth and history right and, and the so, dogs rule the world and the dogs are in charge well no they don't not in charge but the dogs pay homage to the to the to the man and they keep uh loyal to his tenants right whatever those tenants are but the cats there's a cat uh continent and they feel that the humans who used to serve them left them without giving them all the keys of knowledge right so so it takes a different take on on how <laughs> dogs view humans you know they're loyal to humans and keep the tenets of humanity alive by do, trying to adhere to their tenets and the cats are like no they they just left us they used to feed us and stuff and now we have to feed ourselves now we have to feed ourselves and they didn't give us all the information that we needed you know they left us they didn't give us all the keys you know physically figuratively or uh, literally literally of knowledge and stuff so that's pugmire and then i think the i forget what the name of the of the addition and i've heard actually i heard that the system pugmire is actually really really cool now pugmire has been around for a little quite a few years and i even thought about buying it but at the time my son augustine was like becoming a teenager so i don't know it was at least five six years ago and i didn't think playing the dog you know he would think it's probably too cute that he was beyond that and and kind of i might have mentioned it to him and he's like eh, give me that eh, i don't feel like the playing that, that. Tween look of, yeah it's a twin look of this thing where am i a little kid and i didn't buy it never bought it uh, but i've heard that the system is really well done i heard that the you know the adventures and that i think that game is kind of geared toward children or young very young uh players rpg players that's only in your brain cause, in my brain yes it could or could not be so and then like i said well i thought about kickstarter historia but it was based on the fifth edition i go do i need another fifth edition game of course you do uh i have i have already uh uh what is it i haven't received yet but i kickstarted like a, a cyberpunk i don't one like this kickstarter and, thing uh, <laughs> and i kickstarted uh maybe a couple cyberpunk one one is called low life oh, good Lord. and another one is called i forget what it's called but I, I i was able to restrain myself jolene and i did not uh back story out which i surely should have because no no because you need to not back everything be, because no i don't back everything because it was like not struggling but it was a, it didn't fund like a huge amount of money you know like a blockbuster they obviously funded over what they needed their goal was but what i also liked about it was the art that these guys i don't know if you saw the art for historia but it is amazing amazing 
they they have these different species of dogs. I guess what do you call them? Species, like a Chihuahua versus a bulldog. Oh, what are they? They're not species. What are they? They're not races. <laughs> what are they called? I don't. <laughs> Jolene's on limited sleep, so she she meant her brain would not be working very well. Uh, what do they call them? Oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. So anyway, you know what I mean. So they have like this dog who looks kind of like a Jack Russell Terrier, the head, right? You know, but he's like super, like ripped, like a like a like a bodybuilder. And he's holding the sword, and then they have this other one that looks kind of like a like a Doberman, and he's also holding an axe and stuff like that. So they have different uh, different personalities based on what kind of dog they are. And of course, they they throw in other species of animals, uh, owls, jackals. Uh, foxes eagles and stuff like that into the into the rules and uh in fact i think i think i hate to say this but since i mentioned uh drive through rpg quite a bit in our last uh, session in our last uh, episode drive they just published their uh their pdf of the game and are selling it drive through rpg so that is brand new hot off the press uh i think it just came available on march 25th so if you are interested in these games, playing animals yes. or playing anamorphized animals, <laughs> animor- anamorphic animals. Yeah, there's a lot of games out there that you can uh, find and you can play. All these games are probably available in one form or another. You could definitely find the PDFs of these games on the Internet in different sites. On the secondary market, you could probably find quite a few of these older RPGs on eBay, though... Like anything else on eBay, sometimes they want some crazy amounts of money for them. Others, not so much. I think you could probably find justifiers for what literally what it would cost today to make that book or even cheaper. But other games like Albedo or whatever, uh, that, that one, it's probably a little bit more pricier for some reason. I don't know why. Okay, there you go. This okay. is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. You have a good day.